music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 18, verses 5 through 8. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. When they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook out his clothing and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. He departed there and went into the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his house. Many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and were baptized. Paul asks in Romans 10, 14-15, How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it's written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news! Do we have the heart of God? You see, God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but would rather that all reach repentance. He loves His creation to the core. God wants to extend mercy to all, you see, but not at the expense of justice. God is merciful. He is also just. Psalm 89 verse 14 affirms this. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Proverbs 11 verse 21 says, Be assured, an evil person will not go unpunished, but the offspring of the righteous will be delivered. Would it be fair for someone who murdered a child in cold blood not to be held accountable for his deed? There are consequences for breaking laws here in America if you speed and get pulled over for it, the officer has every right to issue you a ticket according to the law. If you had a kid who was raped, how would you feel towards the perpetrator? We have all sinned against God and His law. Apart from God's grace, each time we sin against God, we are storing up more and more wrath to be revealed against us on the Day of Judgment. God selected a day when He'll judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ. Are we sounding the warning trumpet of this reality to those around us? The Apostle Paul was known to speak about faith in Jesus Christ and to reason about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment. In second grade, I was assigned to sit next to a kid in class who always smelled terrible. Who knows what kind of home situation in which this poor kid was raised? But man, was there a stench. Poor hygiene, probably no showers for weeks. I felt so bad for him. If I got close, no kidding, I would sometimes gag and nearly throw up. He had probably lived with the stench and filth for some time and maybe didn't even notice it. I didn't want to hurt this kid's feelings, but for his own sake and ours, he really needed to know the truth. It would have been a loving and kind thing to make him aware of his plight, to help him out, so he could be delivered and cleansed. By nature, I think we often don't realize the many ways in which we transgress God's law 
outside of the grace of Christ covering our sin through faith, we may not notice how much we stink before God because of our sin and unbelief. We may not realize the judgment that awaits. God's law brings awareness of our sin and its penalty. As we are exposed to these matters, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The good news of Jesus found in God's Word brings us hope. Do we share Jesus with others? Exposing people to the reality of sin and its penalty while offering Jesus as the solution isn't mean, it's loving and merciful. If you know that someone's unaware, they're in a burning building about to collapse on them, you'd want to tell them and offer an escape plan, right? If someone's elbow came out of socket and they were writhing in pain, you'd want them to be healed, right? That would be humane and compassionate. And yet how easily sometimes we neglect to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those who need that more than anything else. God wants us healed. He wants us cleansed. He wants us to be set free from the judgment sentence we all deserve. He wants us filled with love, joy, and peace far beyond what this world has to offer. And He wants to adopt us to become His children. Imagine that. The Creator of the universe wants to be in relationship with us on a personal and intimate level. Our sins separate us from God, but He wants us reconciled. So much so, that He was willing to send His only Son, Jesus, to live the perfect life we never could and take the punishment we deserved by His agonizing death on the cross of Calvary nearly 2,000 years ago, thus satisfying the demands of God's law which stood against us. He now offers us mercy and grace. He's earned us eternal life. He's qualified us for salvation. He's purchased us through His shed blood. Jesus took upon Himself our sin and offers to credit His righteousness to our account as a gift, so that the stench of sin that disqualifies us for eternal life and brings God's wrath can be washed and covered by the blood of Christ. That sweet-smelling aroma of God's righteousness in Christ can be imputed towards us so that we can make peace with God and be in a relationship with Him. In Christ we have forgiveness, acceptance, and cleansing. Have you believed in Jesus? Have you received His cleansing? Do you know someone who hasn't? And have you shared the good news of Jesus with them? All right, let's continue with our study through Acts chapter 18, starting in verse 7. He departed there and went into the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his house. Many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and were baptized. Justus was most likely a Gentile, since verse 7 describes him as a worshiper of God. God-fearers or God-worshippers were a numerous class of Gentile sympathizers to Hellenistic Judaism that existed in the Greco-Roman world, which observed certain Jewish religious rites and traditions without becoming full converts to Judaism. Some have argued that the Corinthian church essentially began in the household of Justus, that he was perhaps a wealthy Corinthian who offered his home or perhaps part of his home to Paul and then the community of believers in Corinth as the church grew. 
Some have argued that Stephanus, from Paul's epistle in 1 Corinthians, was this man. Justice named Stephanus in recognition of his generosity. There's no way to know this for sure, though. We will learn from verse 11 of Acts 18 that Paul ends up living in Corinth a year and a half, teaching the word of God among them before, quote, taking leave of the brothers, end quote. It is possible Aquila and Priscilla also, or instead, hosted the Corinthian church in their home during this 18-month period. So Justice the Gentile received Paul into his home. Also Crispus the Jew and his household ended up coming to faith. Crispus was one of the few in Corinth whom Paul personally baptized, according to 1 Corinthians 1 verse 14. This goes to show that while Paul said regarding the Corinthian Jews, your blood be on your own heads, I am clean, from now on I'll go to the Gentiles. This wasn't to say he was done with the Jews. He still treated the Jews there with grace, despite their overall rejection of his message. The Jews as a whole may have initially rejected the gospel in Corinth. This wasn't to say all of them wouldn't receive Jesus. Paul didn't forbid Jewish people from coming to Jesus. In fact, we should never forbid anyone from coming to Jesus. When he said, from now on, I'll go to the Gentiles, he was merely switching the focus of his evangelism from the Jews to the Gentiles. He probably concluded, for the most part, his time would be better spent away from the Jewish synagogue and yield a greater harvest among the Gentiles there. So it started with Justice, then Crispus and his entire household, but it didn't end there. Verse 8 goes on to say that many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and were baptized. What kind of people were these Corinthians who came to faith? Were they the wise and noble Greeks? Were they the Jews who sought after signs? Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1, verses 22 to 23, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. Paul went on to tell the Corinthian church, For consider your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. These Corinthians were, in a sense, the scum of the earth. They were, for the most part, not very noteworthy according to worldly standards. Their quote-unquote resumes would have been less than impressive in the eyes of the world. Maybe not very skilled, maybe not highly educated, not of any elite status in society. These guys were on the lowest rung of the ladder, menial, of no reputation, pretty plain Cheerios, Nothing special from a fleshly point of view. Also, many of these Corinthian believers who heard, believed, and were baptized came from pretty sketchy, slimy pasts. Paul wrote regarding them in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9-11, through 11, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, 
nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Many of them had been living up the Corinthian lifestyle. They were idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, and so on. But they had been washed, sanctified, justified in the name of Jesus and by His Spirit. They had a new identity in Christ and His perfect righteousness. As a traveling evangelist, having ministered in churches all over the United States and beyond with Adams Road and Adams Road Piano over the years, I can certainly say God saves all types. I've walked into churches for the first time, for example, where I've had an initial inclination and temptation to want to prejudge the people before even getting to know them. From a human standpoint, from a worldly perspective, they seemed kind of a little out there, if you know what I mean. A bit peculiar, simple, like hillbilly-esque, I guess you could say. People who weren't polished, so to speak, and maybe seemed a little rough around the edges, inarticulate. But often those type of believers turn out to be the most humble, down-to-earth, genuine, sincere, and loving people you'll ever meet. They love Jesus. They love people. They get what matters most. They're simple and direct, with no pretentiousness. It was so refreshing, and at times convicting. Remember that in your own ministry efforts. Often those most receptive to Jesus might be very much like those Corinthians, very much like you and me. Not many of us were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of us were powerful. Not many of us were of noble birth. God chooses what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chooses what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Embrace it.
That was Son of Suffering from the Adams Road album, Tongues of Fire. is my shepherd I shall not want in green pastures he makes me lie down beside still waters I am found he prepares the table for me anoints my head with oil he restores my soul My cup overflows Even though I walk through the valley Of the shadow of death I will not fear He is here He is the door The only way We must enter Shepherd, he loves his sheep. We know his voice as he leads. We follow him to the end. He's not a hired hand, he won't flee, he won't abandon us in need when he sees the wolf coming. He knows us and we know Him He goes before His own Lay down His life in sacrifice He is the door, the only way We must enter by Him That was The Door from the Adams Road album, It's So Simple. 
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at adamsroadministry.com. Again, that's adamsroadministry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 18, verses 7 through 11. Grace and peace be with you all.